0: It's not like any other podcast coming to you straight from Eastern Iowa, where apartment ownership and investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Apartment Specialist Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Apartment Specialist Podcast. Well, hey there, Darren Garman here, and welcome to this week's podcast. On this podcast this week, we have a lot to cover, and it has to do with Junk mail, that's right, I'm gonna talk about junk mail. And before I do, I just wanna give you a heads up that we just had our Heartland Investment Property Discovery Day here about, oh, about a week ago. And we had investors come to review and look at not only properties that we have, that we own, but properties that we're going to be purchasing and properties that they can be investing in themselves. It was a good opportunity to meet me, kind of get a look behind the scenes, pull the curtain back a little bit, get an idea about the properties, where they're located, what they look like, uh, and how they will be performing as investments for them. So uh, we're planning on having more frequent discovery days, and so keep an eye out for next month's Discovery Day, which will be July, and see if you can get here to take a look at what all of the fuss is about and why investors are getting involved with us here in the heartland in owning your own apartment community. Uh, so, I wanted to mention that and uh, wanted to jump into this week's podcast, which is Junk Mail. And before I do, just a quick side note. And then I, I actually promise I'll get to the podcast. Uh, I have, I'm have i recording today's podcast or this week's podcast, rather, uh, on the computer versus uh, my microphone, my typical trusty microphone is having issues today and not wanting to cooperate. So you are on computer, so you may hear a noise in the background. There may be something here or there. So I uh, wanted to give you a heads up with that and an understanding of what is going on there. All right housekeeping items out of the way, let's talk about junk mail. And it's interesting because I'm, I'm going to take kind of a no-investment approach this on this podcast, but it's it's some cautionary tales to share with you. And cautionary tales of what to watch out for in our world, our digital world especially. And it has to do with people having access to your information, finding you, and trying to take advantage of you, to bottom line, get your money. I'm gonna give you three or four quick examples of what I've experienced just over the last month. Uh, I'm gonna talk about one big experience that happened a few years ago that will really hammer this home, and a lot of lessons learned in these cautionary tales. It has to do with people now in our day and age, and not surprisingly, one of the main reasons, one of the main reasons I am telling investors to own your own apartment community and have your money parked in an apartment community versus many other investments has to do a lot with what I'm going to talk about, and that is access to you and access to your information. And that is in a variety of ways, from email, and I'll call it junk mail, to stealing your credit card or debit card information, to stealing your computer information when you're logged on to maybe a Wi-Fi hotspot, or you're logged in somewhere else, to capturing your information when you're on websites and you're filling information out. Most of that is captured and sold. And many people don't know that. So there are so many ways to get your information, most of them digital, by the way, digital ways I'll call them, that a lot of people aren't aware of and a lot of people don't know about. And a lot of what we know, there's obvious, but then there's not so obvious. So let me just jump into some cautionary tales, okay? Um, I get at least six or seven emails a day about someone wanting to give me money. Or if I help them, I will get a lot of money. And I am sure you get similar kind of emails. Okay? So, the it's easy to spot some of these, but some of these not so much. Here's an example. The dignitary from Africa that wants to send you $18 million uh, to help him or her get out of the country, that's kind of an obvious one, okay? That's an obvious one where, you know, there's no way that's going to happen. But there are some subtle ones and some really targeted ones that have almost fooled me. So I get probably once a month an email asking me if I can help with my real estate business help them buy or invest in a property in the U.S., particularly in Iowa, if I can help them buy a property or invest in a property, uh, they're going to be coming from another country and want to have an investment property here when they arrive, and if I can help them get money over here to do that. Now, that doesn't sound so far-fetched, does it? Well, at the end of the day, it is far-fetched because when you do some investigating and you take some time to look into things, you find out that it's just another scam to get money from you. Uh, I get these emails quite a bit. And like I said, those kind of targeted emails, um, I'd say probably, like I said, a couple a month, Uh, even more than that, where if you think about it, it's kind of scary. So they know I'm in the real estate business They know that I invest in, own, and help others own their own apartment communities, either active or passively, and they're playing upon that in order to get to my checkbook. Now, a not-so-fortunate story is about my friend Don. So Don was a real estate broker for over 30 years, a real estate broker, and one of the smartest commercial real estate brokers you would ever meet. This guy knew everything about every commercial property, very intelligent, knew all the big players, heavy hitters in the commercial investment real estate market, okay? Warehouses, office buildings, shopping centers, development land, um, you name it, this guy was involved in it at some point in time. Super, super smart guy. Well... For over a two year period, he had he believed that someone from Spain was going to be investing money in a bunch of properties he had for sale uh, that that equaled well over 20 million dollars. And so, as a real estate broker, if you factor in the amount of commissions you could make on a 20 million dollar sale, they're substantial. They're well into the six figures and maybe even close to a seven-figure commission for him. And so these folks uh, constantly told him that they were going to be buying property, but they needed help moving money. And gee whiz, could he help them? And this was done subtly over a two-year period, where over two years he put well over a million dollars into these folks helping them Moved their money. Well, you know what's going to happen here. At the end of the day, nothing happened. He found out this was all fake. Uh, He even made two plane trips, two flights to Spain to meet somebody, and he met with someone that acted and pretended to be this investor. Talk about unbelievable. But it happened. This guy, Don, ended up losing well over a million dollars being scammed. And it all started with an email. Okay, it all started with an email. Um, I just told you how many times it's attempted to me to get at my money. Or hopefully, I think what they want to do is try to get after my partner's money which, of course, I wouldn't be able to do anyway, but they're looking for it. Um, Another quick example related to this. So one of my companies owns a government-subsidized housing project. Okay, It's a HUD property. Actually, one of the better properties we own. And so every two years... You have to register with, the, with, some, with a government service. You have to register with this government service Your um, the company that owns the property. Okay, so basically the government wants to make sure that that company's still in business, still operating, things are still going as um, the company didn't close down. So you have to do this every two years so they understand that this is the case. Well, I get every month five or six emails from a fake company, a fake governmental company wanting me to register my property. Okay, well, here's the scary thing. A, they know that we own a HUD property. B, they know they contact me. C, they know my email address to contact me is the owner of that HUD property. And the other scary thing, their company email addresses are email addresses that say things like Fed Services. okay, fedservices.com or federalhousingservice.com, okay? Sounds legitimate. Sounds like, holy cow, somebody from the government is contacting me. We must have forgotten to register our property. Well, then I remember to register your property every two years with the federal government, it doesn't cost you any money. I remembered that. Well, these people want to charge you $600, $800, $1,000 to register the property. Then I know. But if I wouldn't have known that, they would have gotten that money, and I wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. So, other than that, here's another example. This one. Is one you'll definitely be able to relate to and it has to do with capturing your information for someone to then call you to try to put a scam on you let me give you two examples that have recently been a attempted victim of it wasn't a victim attempted one was a relative of mine and the other actually happened to me so My mother in law is in her early 70s and she is on the computer and she does some things online, but not in a big, big way. But she's online. Well, somehow, somewhere, they've captured her cellular phone number. Okay. And so she will get three or four calls a month from somebody saying that they're her grandson, her granddaughter they need money, can you send money, they need help, please help, they're traveling, they're stranded, they're sick, they're in jail, you name it. Well, she knows that that's not the case because she knows where her grandkids are at. But there are a lot of people out there that don't, that maybe don't talk to their grandkids very often and may not know and may fall victim to something like this. Now, what happened to me actually not that long ago was one of our tenants that leases one of our commercial spaces. Now, this is not residential. This is one of our commercial properties. Um, Calls me directly. It just really pissed off and hot. He said, hey, I just got a call from Alliant Energy. And for those of you that don't know, Alliant Energy is... uh, is is our electrical utility company. our electrical utility company here in the Cedar Rapids, Iowa area is Alliant Energy. So he says, hey, Alliant Energy just called and they're going to shut my power off because you didn't pay the power bill. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Yeah, they called or sent somebody out in the next half hour if our electrical bill is not paid. And I said, this guy's name is Curtis. I said, Curtis, wait a minute. I know that we've paid all the electrical bills. (laughs) All right. Let me look into it. I looked into it. I found out pretty quickly that we are up to date on our billing. And so, of course, I call him back and said, dude, we're up to date on on the bills being paid. Well, they just call me again and they say if I don't don't provide them payment right now over the phone, that they're going to shut my power off. Well, right there, I thought something was up. So I call the phone number. So he gives me their phone number. I call their phone number. Now get this. When I call this number, they have the same music that Alliant Energy had. They had the same recording that Alliant Energy has when you call in. So you think it's Alliant Energy. And at first, I thought it was. Until somebody got on the phone and said, can I I help you? And then I told them what the situation was. And instead of asking me what my account number was or what the property address was, they said, yeah, uh, we're sending somebody out here in the next 15 to 20 minutes unless that isn't paid, but you can pay it on the phone right now. I can take either credit card or check over the phone. Right then I knew because they didn't ask for an account number. So how do they know? So I said, well, do you have my account number handy? Then they hung up on me. But again, how many people would fall for that? I bet hundreds of people fall for it, okay? And so I talk about these kind of stories. Um, If if you use email a lot, you get all those kinds of junk mails. Um, If you're online a lot, You're going to be subject to getting and being uh, solicited either online or even over the phone with some kind of scam, some kind of a spam kind of thing. Theft is rampant, okay? So this podcast this week isn't so much a consumer protection message. I mean, that's part of what I'm talking about here. But what I really want you to understand here is this. The ability for the bad guys to get your information to keep digging their way into your checkbook is becoming easier and easier, okay? What kind of things are you doing to limit access? What kind of things are you doing financially to limit access? You know, you you used to laugh at the person that didn't that stored their money um, in boxes you know the old the old stored money under your mattress uh, have a bunch of your cash and safe deposit box. you used to kind of laugh at those people but anymore they aren't so ridiculous as you may think because of this kind of attack on all of us financially. Someone is out there always trying to get at your checkbook, doing what is necessary to try to get at it, and it's becoming easier and easier for them to do this. So a couple things you can do that really, I think, help you out a lot in terms of protecting yourself, your money, and the money of those that you care about, okay? Number one, Understand that everyone is capturing your information all of the time. So even when you're doing things that you don't even think about, like filling out information online for requesting more information on something. Okay. A lot of us run into that. So you want more information on something, you have to put in name, address, sometimes phone number. Okay. Sometimes email address. Okay. Okay. Sometimes, even when you're uh, perusing websites like um, shopping websites or doing some of those things, your information is being captured and tracked all of the time. And you may think that I sound like some kind of conspiracy guy here. I'm not. This is what's happening all of the time. You are being tracked. Your information is being captured. And unfortunately, in some situations, it's being sold. And many times, if it's being sold, it's being sold to people that don't have your best interest in mind and want you to part with your money so they can have as much of it as they possibly can. Okay? So, that's number one. Be aware of that. Don't be naive to the fact that this is going on all of the time, all right? Number two, limit access. Limit access to information that is important to you, all right? Especially electronically. Computers are great things, but they can be a huge liability, huge liability, all right? Number three, if anyone asks you for money, over the computer, email, um, especially email. You want to talk to somebody live and in person. So before you think about sending anybody any money, even though it may sound legitimate to you, you may want to get on the phone with them, ask five or six easy to answer questions before you do. So for example... Let's talk about um, a frequent call people get. A frequent email people get is from the IRS, okay? IRS, especially email. IRS says, hey, you owe money. You need to pay us right now. We're going to put a lien on your property. Well, let me tell you, the IRS will only communicate with you through the mail. And I mean the regular mail, the mail from the post office. They don't communicate with you through email. Okay, so it's situations like that that you need to be aware of. And the last part of it, and it really, se- it really is about, um, it's really related to what I just mentioned, has to do with taking your time to respond and thinking things through. All right, so there's a reason why before people get involved in investing and owning apartment communities with us, we go through a whole long line of stuff, okay? So they understand and can verify that this is the real deal, okay? Um, Investors go all the way from coming and looking at properties, meeting us, getting to know us, like for example, during our discovery days, uh, to getting copies of information from us, the deed to the property, okay? The closing documents, Those kinds of things, so they actually know that they have something. Uh, Just taking people's word for it or taking things just on an email is dangerous. Okay, you need more information to confirm and verify that that is the case. Okay, and then the last thing, once again, we all know this. But, it's worth repeating. If it sounds too good to be true, if it sounds too ridiculous, if it sounds too... If your antennas go up, your hair on your back goes up when you read or see something, especially online, that's directed at you with wanting money, asking for your money, asking for your help, even threatening you, okay? Uh, There's going to be a judgment filed against you if you don't call us and pay this off within the next 24 hours. If that makes you think, huh, the worst thing you can do is immediately get in touch with them and get it worked out. No, think about it, think it through, confirm the information, Just to be sure. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to end up like my friend Chuck. Who's Chuck? Chuck is a friend of mine, and he's a fellow apartment owner. But Chuck has fallen for the scam that they're going to go ahead and file judgments, liens against him if he doesn't pay something off. And by the way, Chuck is a fellow apartment property owner. Chuck knows better. Chuck's a smart guy, book-wise, academic-wise. Okay, This guy's smart. But he has been scammed for tens of thousands of dollars by people that have threatened him with threats that were not true. But he believed them to be true, all for parting money from Chuck. So I know we all think I'm smarter than that. I would never fall for something like that. Uh, You can't get something like that by me. Look, I hear you. I understand. But just make sure you don't have your guard up some of the time. You have your guard up all of the time. Again, you're confirming. You're taking your time and you're making sure that what is being asked of you is legitimate. Because if there's one thing that's always on your side, it's time. Make sure you take it, look into it, re- study it, research it, then make informed decisions. And at the end of the day, if you're not quite sure, get somebody else's opinion. Get someone else's opinion, okay? All right, again, I didn't want this podcast this week to sound like a consumer message, but I've seen this so much over over the last month and I've experienced it more frequently now than I used to personally, um, myself, and with people that I know. I just wanted to make sure that we're all aware that this is not getting any easier for us. It's going to be more difficult because the bad guys Are getting deeper and deeper into our information, which makes it much easier for us to be susceptible to something like this. Be on guard out there. All right. Have a great day. Have a great week or weekend. Whenever you've been listening to me, whatever you're up to and whatever you're doing, make it a great day. I'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Thanks for joining the Apartment Specialist Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.heartlandinvestmentrealestate.com.